0: Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Welcome to episode 162 of Lean Blog Audio. This is a post from November 30th, 2016. Headline, Human Nature Around Incentives and Rewards, Even in North Korea. Dr. W. Edwards Deming used to warn against replacing intrinsic motivation with extrinsic rewards and incentives. Brian Joyner, author of the outstanding book, Fourth Generation Management, who worked with Dr. Deming, warned that setting targets and quotas can lead to three things, improving the system, distorting the system, or distorting the numbers. And of course, two of those three things are bad. It's often easier to distort the system or the numbers than it is to actually improve. We've seen that happen, you know, gaming the numbers in situations ranging from the VA waiting time scandal and the recent Wells Fargo scandal. Um, or maybe that was distorting the system. Either way, uh, it was, it was you know, sort of you know, faking the numbers instead of improving the system. So it's predictable human behavior for managers to try to entice people to perform through better promises of rewards or threats of punishment. It's also predictable human behavior that employees will take steps to distort the system or fudge the numbers when they fear for their jobs or want to collect a bonus. Now, this isn't a problem with bad employees. It's a problem with leaders not understanding psychology and workplace dynamics. So in more recent years, beyond Dr. Deming, Daniel Pink has warned about extrinsic rewards, as has Alfie Kohn. And you can find links to my podcasts with both Daniel Pink and Alfie Kohn if you go to leanblog.org slash audio 162. I interviewed them a couple of years ago in my main podcast series. Now many would perhaps attribute the idea of rewards and punishment with a capitalist mindset. In a capitalist system, the assumption is that people like money and they will do what you want in order to get more money. Or there's the reality that people need to keep a job and and their paycheck so they'll respond to threats. So I recently saw a documentary, um, it was available and, and you can view it for free if you're an Amazon Prime member. It was titled, North Korea, The Great Illusion, and it, it's also available on YouTube. Uh, again, if you go to leanblog.org audio162, you can watch it there. Now, I don't have any great illusions, I don't think, about North Korea. It, it's a brutal authoritarian communist dictatorship. But what surprised me was a discussion in that film of incentives and rewards that were there uh, for border guards. So even in a communist country, the leaders fall back on offering incentives and rewards. So two things stood out to me from the film. First, they talked about farm production targets that are, quote unquote, unrealistic. At the VA, they had a target of 14 days waiting time for appointments that the Office of the Inspector General called unrealistic, hence the cheating and the gaming that occurred. So I wonder what dysfunction those targets created in North Korea, unrealistic farm production targets. Second thing that caught my attention was a North Korean border guard talking about incentives for catching people trying to escape the country. Now, I think you know that's an awful job, but you'd think there would be people with, I guess, intrinsic motivation to do a good job in a role like that for the, the sense of a, a job well done or, or for better better political treatment. But the government fell back on incentives. It was basically, as the guard explained, uh, catch one you escapee, you get a medal. Catch five in a year, you get a big award, like uh, a trip back t- uh, to go see your family. So it wouldn't surprise me if a North Korean border guard were to start cheating and, and quote-unquote catching people who weren't really escaping. So as I, as I was thinking about this post, uh, I was at Costco, a decidedly American capitalist place to be. Now, I love Costco. I, I love capitalism, by the way. And I, I'm, I'm not at Costco typically to buy large batch sizes, uh, as they're known to offer. Uh, but in my last visit there, the cashier was ringing up my items, and she cheerfully suggested and asked, Hey, would you like to buy some holiday stamps? You can get 100 of them for a better price than the post office. I thought, well, that was actually a very helpful suggestion as my wife and I were planning uh, to do uh, Christmas cards. We hadn't yet purchased stamps. It probably needed about 100, so all right, good deal. So the other day, I was back at Costco to purchase something else. Um, I noticed there was a large sign at the front service counter, and there's a picture on the post at leanblog.org audio 162. It shows uh, a big board. It says holiday stamps, and it shows uh, the current day, 11-26, uh, total 28, goal 57. So it looks like they hadn't hit their goal. And it was actually eleven twenty-eight when I was there and I took the photo. So they, they weren't updating the date. They weren't updating the metrics. I mean, how often do we see outdated visuals in whiteboards in different workplaces, uh, including hospitals? So they they didn't hit that goal of 57. Was it unrealistic you know I wonder how much natural variation uh, there is in the shoppers who say yes like I did to buying stamps if the cashiers ask every shopper you know, are the margins it makes me wonder are the margins on stamps that great for Costco that they'd really push this as opposed to other things so the leader in terms of um, selling stamps uh, there was a name uh, Carmela and it said 138 so I mean that that couldn't have been that day that must have been for the period of this promotion Carmela had sold 138, Bill had sold 115, Nancy had sold 73. So I wonder if, you know, Carmela asks more shoppers than the other cashiers. Is she more consistent about asking people if they want to buy stamps? Uh, does she work more hours? You know, why is her performance apparently so much higher than the others? You know, I also wonder if there's a prize that's being offered if the team hits their goal and if an individual sells the most stamps. Now, when I worked in retail during high school and college, uh, it was the video game and software store Babbage's. I remember one holiday season when the store manager started a sales incentive contest amongst the part-time salespeople. The goal was selling the most Nintendo systems and Sega systems. I think the contest was created by the district manager. Now I don't even—I I don't know what incentives the store manager or the district manager were being offered. Yeah, you know, I knew it was my job to help sell video game systems. You know, if if people asked about them, I tried to give them information and help them pick the right system for them. Now, I couldn't do much to make people buy a $200 video game system. mean, you know, it's not like adding on a few stamps to a Costco purchase. Now, I, I forget what the incentive for the prize even was. I mean, that I guess that's how unimportant it was to me. I remember talking with my coworkers about how it was pretty random to see which salespeople would happen to help the customers who were coming into the store to buy these systems. I mean, were we supposed to fight over customers or, or compete with each other? And, you know, I don't even remember if we had a goal that was perhaps unrealistic. I mean, that, that would have been demoralizing. You know, it probably wasn't a goal as much as it was an attempt to create competition within the team. Now, we were all paid an hourly rate uh with with no commission and uh you know by by the way and you know we were fine with that we um weren't sure what the point of the contest was i mean someone probably got a gift certificate or we got pizza i i, I don't remember it affecting our motivation at all for providing customer service and, and for doing our jobs but i guess I'll, I'll wrap up by coming back to that main point In a communist system or a capitalist system, managers and leaders sure like throwing incentives at people. How often do those being incentivized just roll their eyes or or not care? What could we do to lead a successful organization without incentives, targets, and quotas? Dr. Deming would have said, substitute leadership. Now, is that easier said than done? Is that too vague of a, a direction from the late Dr. Deming. I'd be curious what you think. Come to the blog, leave a comment, leanblog.org audio 162.